You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody, to Real Presence Live. I'm Chris Euler. I'm Father Tim Cohn. And we are here live at Ron Colley High School. And we have our first guest of the day, Father the Zach Schaefbauer. The only. The one and only. Literally. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. There's probably some random, like, German priest, you know, Father Schaefbauer in the middle of the German Highlands. I don't know. I could... So speaking of German Highlands, Father Schaefbauer, tell us about yourself, brother. Yeah. Where, where... Usa, Usa, How about that for a segue? Why, why, yeah. why am I here? We've <laughs> been trying to figure that out. <laughs> uh, well, Father Zach Schaefbauer, originally from Aberdeen, South Dakota. It's kind of nice to be back in my old high school here for a half hour. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, I just ordained a priest here at the end of May, May 27th, and I have been uh, associate pastor at Holy Spirit in Sioux Falls since July. So now I'm on a little vacation before starting up, you could say, uh, the new year. So Fantastic. Yeah. And, and where'd, you, where'd you go to seminary at? So I did my college seminary, my philosophy at the University of St. Thomas, uh, so St. John Vianney College Seminary in Minnesota, and then uh, Bishop Swain uh, sent me to Rome, uh, the North American College, for my theological studies. So, yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. God bless Bishop Swain. I miss that guy already. I do, yeah. That was a heck of a funeral. Yeah, yeah. It's really moving. I heard about it. I was so. I, I actually ended up having COVID, so I oh, couldn't. No. Uh, I was like, no. oh, come on, Lord. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Oh man. Wow. So, so I hear, I hear you're here to. Uh, I hear that you're here to talk about something beautiful with us, right? Something a little bit about, uh, you know, one of my favorite guys, Saint Thomas Aquinas. You know, maybe you heard of him. Maybe a little bit of a discernment action, according to this guy. What do you think? Okay, that's what I was told. <laughs> <laughs> Just doing what I'm told. <laughs> so, when yeah. did you first like get introduced to like the thoughts? Of Thomas, or first off, the Saint Thomas Aquinas, yeah, yeah, and then secondarily, like his works. So, when I was in high school, one of the first things I had uh, delved into were the Church Fathers. Mm. So, um, there's an easy book, little plug here, I guess. Jimmy <laughs> Jimmy Aikens, the Fathers Know Best. Oh sure. Um, oh yeah. From Catholic Answers it was just a great introductory thing for me to uh, begin to learn about the Church Fathers and who they were, what they taught, um, and I remember reading a first couple pages of that, and I read it straight through. And it's not a book you're supposed to read straight through, but I did. Um, <laughs> and alongside that, I read the Catechism in a year, um, as my junior year as well. And nice. um, it was about my senior year of high school, as I started investigating more about who this Thomas Aquinas was, um, that I was introduced to him. Yeah. And then more particularly, uh, when I was in college seminary, because a lot of our philosophy, was, it's Aristotelian. So, based on the thought of Aristotle, and then Thomas was also an Aristotelian, so, at least, arguably. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, what Tom, what I started reading in Thomas started making sense of my, not only my own human experience, but also what the Church Fathers were teaching me back in high school. So, um, yeah, kind of since, since my senior year, I've really loved the guy, and been reading him since. There Still you go. reading him, so. <laughs> Absolutely. Got a lot to learn. Yes. Hey. <laughs> hey, I'm still waking up. <laughs> I'm only my third cup of coffee here this morning. Yeah, so um, 
so how did his reflections on discernment and impact you yeah boy we got a short segment here let's see if i can summarize all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. so because you know i guess i'll just do it from the personal level because it'll yeah. be easier to relate to i think yeah um when I got to seminary, there was, uh, you know, we're not theologically trained at this point. We're all just kind of saying what we know and based on pious devotions and what we've learned kind of from parish life, right, or Newman Center life. And uh, at a certain point, I think it was my second year, that some of the guys started challenging this idea that, oh, like, that I was going to be a priest, right? They would mm-hmm. say, like, well, how do you know? Like, is that really God's will? Do you got it, it turned into this kind of this investigative, like, I got to figure out what God's going to do. And about that time, I started worrying about, is God going to pull the rug out under me? Mm. Right? Am I, if, I, if I keep going, is he just going to drop it and say, no, actually, you're not supposed to be a priest, you know, or uh, maybe I've been making the wrong decision the whole time. Is it selfish? Right? And so I was in a constant state of, uh, well, looking over my shoulder, if you will, mm. um, trying to figure out solve the puzzle of what's god's vocation for me yeah right? and and i i know for a fact that many many young catholics and just catholics in general struggle with this that struggle is very real because it sounds good to say oh i want to do god's will yeah that's exactly right that's 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 a theologically accurate statement and mm-hmm. it's correct we want to do god's will but what does it mean practically played out what, what does that look like right and so what we yeah we won't get in that side. We won't go down the weeds yet. <laughs> so as I, I was, uh, yeah, five, six years in, so starting my second year of theology. And uh, so that's year six of seminary. Uh, one of my classes with a, a Dominican Father Cashin Derbs um, was the first one to really start making uh, sense, more sense, helping uh, turn the light bulb on in my mind of who, of what Thomas's thought is on many, 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 many different subjects, one of them being discernment. Um, and it's from that point on, the anxiety has not existed. Huh. No kidding. Um, not only that, wow. it's, uh, it's helped make sense more about who God is, uh, what a human being is, and what it means to actually live in the world, and what it means to actually like, live the Catholic life. Um, so a lot of consequences that, I, that you know developed from that class and yeah. uh anyways so yeah. that's kind of the intro yeah that's beautiful like to be able to like recognize like the great teachings of this saint brought you a lot of peace in many things in particular this area and so from there having that moment that encounter with this truth what is the approach of thomas to discernment okay <laughs> buckle, buckle up, up. <laughs> oh jinx there we go (laughs) that was good (laughs) the simplest understanding uh of thomas is summarized in this statement it is god's will that mankind use their will for the good Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right so if you're trying to figure out god's will you're already messing up yeah for thomas the baseline of God's will is to do the good and avoid yeah. evil. There's only one thing you're not allowed to do as a Catholic, and that is sin. Yeah. Even as a human being, right? To sin. So <clears throat> there's a lot of uh, more uh, high-level language, right? More technical language. You could say that uh, we are supposed we're supposed to do God's will formally, the for- uh, in a formal causal way. Um, but we 
can't necessarily conform ourselves to it materially because the difference between the end for which we are seeking, the good itself, yeah. uh, versus the particular thing that is leading us towards that good. Um, so very, uh, I'll flesh it out here in a very simple way. So that's kind of the baseline. It is God's will that man use his will for the good. Okay, that's, the f- that's, that's it. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's discernment. So let's play this out. <laughs> You're standing in a lunch line. And you've you've got a piece of chicken and uh, a burger. And you think to yourself, God, which one should I eat? (laughs) Seems kind of ridiculous, right? A little bit. A little bit. You're like, well, which one should I eat? Thomas would say it's the wrong question. They're both good. Uh Um, And especially if you've had experience about one or the other, you're thinking to yourself, well, last time I had a burger, you know, I got sick, so maybe I'll try the piece of chicken this time, right? There's no wrong choice there. Right? Uh-huh. There might be a more imprudent choice, but we're not going to get into virtues. We're, yeah. <laughs> we're going to stick to the level of, of willing here. Okay, so let's now let's make it a little grander. So you're, <clears throat> you're deciding, okay, what am I going to do this weekend? Am I, oh, my friends invite me over to their house and stay there for the weekend, or I'm going to go visit um, my family. You ask God, what, what is your will? Okay, although the question itself is a good question, we'd still say it's the wrong question. Are they both good? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say. So Thomas would say, okay, well, now it's still, then you ans- you insert prudence, right, and virtue. Have you done either of these before? Probably. Okay. Well, last time I visited my family, it was very boring. I wasn't really refreshed. Or last time I visited my friends, you know, these stupid things happened, right? So you have to decide. <laughs> and, then, and then you take, we would say, moral responsibility for your action. You choose a good. You go on. You trust God. You make an act of faith if you want to throw some theology in there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, now, the big question, right? Should I become a priest, a religious, mm. or get married? What's God's will? God, what is your will? Again, good question. Here, good Sounds good. Wrong question. Because do you have any experience of what it means to be a priest, a religious, or married? <laughs> nope. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, then, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, right now you do. <laughs> now I do. Right, but not then. <laughs> yeah. And remember, if if God were to say you weren't supposed to be married, well, guess what? That's sin, because the only thing to you can't do is, is to go against God's will is yeah. to sin. <laughs> like, like people forget that there's yeah. there's no such yeah. thing as going against God's will and it's still and not sin. Yeah. No. Yeah. Right? right. So if you're sitting there thinking, all right, should I get be a priest or married? No, it's more of like. You investigate, you learn, and then you make a decision, you go. Yeah. yeah. And then this is where I would personally add Thomas's idea of, 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 da- of the emotion of daring uh, combined with faith. You take a step in the darkness. You say, I desire to love this way. Mm. I want to be a priest. And you go until the church says either, yeah, calls you forward at the altar, right? Or says, maybe could consider something else. Yeah. Right? And that's freedom. That is freedom. I yeah. like that. And it's a beautiful gift. I like what you add, like what the church says, right? Like the mother church, like this alma mater, right? So like discernment goes so far, right? But ultimately what the church desires, you're good. They're discerning with you too, right? right. Would Thomas right. have something to say about that? With? Like the church, <coughs> like discerning with you. Yeah, he wouldn't say that specifically. Ecclesiolo- the study of yeah. ecclesiology is a little later True. in the church. But okay. he would say something to the effect, I think, this is Zach Schaefer's <laughs> take on this, is... Remember, God does nothing without the church. Sure. 
right? And right. so the movement of grace, right? So the the, the vocare, the calling, um, mm-hmm. it actually is. Uh, you're called to the priesthood not in like a vacuum where it's just you and God, yeah. But rather, it's God through the church calling you. It's an experience of grace. So um, a person can never consider or or be called to the priesthood if he had never either seen it or been told about it, yeah. right? Because grace. Faith comes from what is heard, and that's yeah. also how grace moves throughout the church, the body of Christ, right? So the calling isn't just something arbitrary or something given directly by God. It's directly by God through the church, mm-hmm. and it's a process that involves our wills, right? Yeah, I tell you what, you know, when I was, when I was in the seminary, uh, that, very, that very thought, or the fact that the, it's not just you discerning, but the church discerning you, is what gave me, that was sort of the moment for me that mm. it, all, of, all of the anxiety disappeared. Yeah. You know, that it's like, I could think I'm called to this all day long, but if the church says, no, it's no. Absolutely. <laughs> you That's know, right. yeah. it's like, right. oh, okay, it's not, just, I'm not figuring this out for myself, you yeah. know, yeah. that That's... our Lord has given us, uh, you know, a means by which we can actually discern, you know, and it, yeah. it's objective. Yeah, exactly. That's what happened to, like in my story, right? Church told me, well, maybe you should explore another place, right? Uh-huh. You know, and they were praying. We were working, and it was a beautiful gift. That freedom, yeah, that freedom, yeah, to have the mother church love you in that way. So we're going to throw it to a quick break. But when we come back, we'll continue our conversation about Thomas Aquinas and discernment with Father Zach Schaefer. Don't go anywhere on Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. During this year-end season of giving, Real Presence Radio wishes to extend a heartfelt thanks to all that have extended support this past year, including those that have contributed to the Real Presence Radio Permanent Endowment Fund. These funds remain permanent while the annual earnings are used to support operations. To learn more about an endowment gift, a gift which will last in perpetuity, please call me, Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement at 701-290-4503. Together, we are making a difference. The, the very day that uh, I was appointed as bishop, uh, I came over to the studio and, and uh, had an interview with you, and, and so that was my first introduction to the real presence. It's been it's been part of my life as a bishop from the very beginning. And I felt, you know, from that very very first time that uh, we talked uh, on the air, I, I felt like I already was being introduced to the faithful of our diocese and to this whole area, which which is a great thing because you know one of the the challenges for a new bishop, an old bishop, any bishop is to um, have contact with his people and to be a part of their lives in some way. And Real Presence Radio, from the first day, has helped me to do that. I really feel like I have a way to to reach the lives of our Catholic faithful and others as well who just happen to be listening. And and that's a real blessing because in a diocese as large as ours, area-wise, it's it's hard to get around to every place. And um, I traveled all the parishes as much as I can, and and yet this is a way that I can reach people that otherwise perhaps I wouldn't be able to visit with. And they get a chance to hear what's on my mind, and and uh, through different events that I've participated in on the air, I've heard some of their questions too, which has been a lot of fun. So it's it really is a blessing to me. I I feel very fortunate that this this network is so alive and so vibrant in, in our diocese and really in this whole Northern Plains area. It's wonderful. 
This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. We are here at Roncalli High School. I am uh, Chris Euler. I'm Father Tim Cohn. And we are joined right now by Father Zach Schaefbauer, a priest of the Diocese of Sioux Falls, my uh, uh, associate pastor at Holy Spirit down in the, the southern part of the state there. <laughs> I don't know. I went full North Dakota there. So, but hey there, guys. Yeah. So, Father Zach is up here, back in his hometown today. That's yes. right. So, talking about uh, good old Thomas Aquinas and all that, uh, all of his uh, wisdom. Oh, the big W. Say. Yes, the big W of wisdom. Who are you guys? I, that's a great question. That's a great question. Beloved sons of the Father. That's the correct answer. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. All right. So, uh, so Father Zach, so uh, tell us a, a little bit more about uh, about Aquinas and uh, and his uh, and discernment and what uh, the the wisdom that he gives to us there. Yeah. Well, as I just kind of reiterated, right? There's we can't know God's will in particular goods. That's kind of what the summary was. Is It's God's will for us to will what is good. Um, and he says, if you're following along at home, in the, pri- <laughs> the Prima Secundae, question 19, article 10, he says that, shoot, I had it pulled up. Oh, yeah. But we know not what God wills in particular. And in this respect, <clears throat> we are not bound to conform our will to the divine will. Hmm. And that fascinating? We're not bound to conform our will to the divine will in that respect. Yeah. It wow. seems kind of like... Counterintuitive. Cal- yeah, it seems like not what we're supposed <laughs> like, to be doing. Right. Well, but you tell us to not conform ourselves to God in his will. But he, he <laughs> clarifies, this is one of the few times I've seen it, and he probably does it elsewhere, but where he, he'll add uh, clarifications to his arguments. And in his clarification of the first one of I just that I just uh, read... Is he says it's better to will the good, generally speaking, than to if God were to say, uh, do this particular thing and you did it. Yeah. Because he says the first one is a habit of virtue. Right. Because that no matter what you're doing, you're you've got a good habit that you're always going to do a good thing. Yeah. Whereas if God were to tell you, Father Cone, do this particular thing and you did it. It's not as good as the first. Why? Because a criminal or some big sinner could still do that very same thing, but it doesn't create a habit. It doesn't create yeah. that virtue of choosing the good. Right, so, right. So the particular things that we choose are meant to actually help order us more, more perfectly to willing the good always, which is God. You know, what's really interesting about that, uh, or that uh, immediately comes to mind that uh, I mean, those who are struggling, trying to discern, like, okay, what are they supposed to do in X, Y, or Z circumstances? They almost fall into a trap, and and I mean this, uh, I, I don't mean this despairingly or to make anyone feel bad, but it, it can almost be like Catholic superstition. Yeah, that exactly. like I've got to have like I've got to hear exactly God's voice in order to know that I'm doing the right thing. Yep. But then that ceases to be faith. That's not actual faith. Right. You know, versus, and this is what I love about Aquinas, it's like, no, step out into the, like you'd mentioned, the, uh, what would... Into what, the darkness. Yeah, into the, uh, what was the, uh, what was the virtue, not the virtue called, but... Act of faith. Or not... <laughs> oh, you, you, you act uh, on the passion of daring. Or yeah, 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 on yeah, the passion of daring, yeah, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. That to step out in the darkness, trusting, making that act of faith that, you know, God is there, he's operating, he's giving you every grace necessary <clears throat> yeah. to do the good that needs to be done. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, but versus, you know, we live in a world that, like, we 
I mean, well, this is right out of Scripture. This is nothing new. We look for signs, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Lord, just give me a sign that I'm doing the right thing. And, and speaking of Scripture. Yeah, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> the Thomas quoting Scripture. I don't know if that's how this works, but <laughs> one of the best ways to help, uh, or, well, the scriptural uh, basis for Thomas's theology can be found in Acts chapter 1. 15 to, I believe, 26. Yeah, and verse 26 being the most important there. But uh, at, a little bit before that, this is when Peter st- stands up in the midst of his brothers uh, and says, Brethren, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand, uh, the mouth of David, etc., etc., that there should be 12 men, 12 apostles, right? And so uh, they have to decide to choose um, well, who's going to fill in the spot of Judas? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what happens? Well, I'm just kind of uh, summarizing here. They summon, uh, I think, uh, Barsabbas and Matthias. And he comes before that. Those two are presented before them. And what is, what, is, uh, what is prayed? What does Peter say? He says, Lord, who knowest the hearts of all men, show which one of these two thou hast chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. So, Rightly, Peter says, uh-huh. you know all things, Lord. Show us what to do, okay? That's great. Not, that's a perfect prayer. Yeah. But then what does the immediate verse right after that say? <laughs> <laughs> and they cast lots yep. for them. <laughs> and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was enrolled with the 11 apostles. They gambled it away. It was <laughs> for, for those who don't know what casting lots are, that could be a variety of methods, such as throwing dice, drawing the short stick, uh, cut, painting a rock, and then and then uh, drawing that out of like a helmet, basically. Uh, so there was just chance, right? Yeah. Because they're leaving it up to God. Um, and this is actually, uh, I would say, a further uh, bolstering point is modern psychology has shown that uh, a great way to um, help uh, uh, combat uh, decision-making or decision anxiety is to always carry a coin mm. and flip it heads or tails when you're trying to make a decision. I love that. So so what we're seeing here is Thomas is uniting the philosoph- I think the anthropological understanding of the human will, uh-huh. the need to be free and to make decisions, yeah. but in light of they have to be for the good because that's what fulfills human nature, right? And then knowing g- who God is with revelation and, okay, well, how do these two things interact? Well, it's very simple. God wills that man use his will for the good. <laughs> Piece of cake. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. But that's that's how you grow. Right. And you grow you, yeah. you grow in virtue, yeah. you learn to make mistakes. Like think of think of sports. Athletes only get good if they're allowed to make mistakes. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So. And living living in a world that uh, you know hates per, or that that per, uh, pursues perfectionism, you mm-hmm. know that uh, well you can't make a mistake, right? right. You know. Right. Uh, but I mean, or you, you see this even as I mean, uh, Christ's powers make perfect, in, it, or yeah. God's powers make perfect in weakness, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. yet we don't like our own weakness. We don't like. We don't, yeah. we don't like. I don't yeah. like to make mistakes. You know. Yeah. We don't want to make the wrong decision, but right. Right. the wrong decision is a loaded statement. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and a lot of people just, they don't have the, the capacity to even think through that reality. Yeah. That like, yeah. What, what, what is goodness and what does it mean to be good and what does it mean to live a life that's well lived? Yeah. And how do I, like people like in our society today don't have that depth of mind or at least order of mind, you say, yeah. Should yeah. I say to come to that reality and to understand that? 
even the comment, I mean, the common sense factor, there's a number of people I've talked to the last couple of years, uh, priests, lay faithful, who um, we get into this something along those lines, and they said, wait, you guys, you don't think like that already? <laughs> as of like, as of like, I've discovered something they've already been thinking about. So again, it also testament to Thomas's again alignment that this is commonsensical. Yeah, yeah, like absolutely. I would say most people that are those old, those little old ladies in my parish who you know pray tons of rosaries for me and are really really holy and in a very ordinary way, uh-huh. they've probably, and from a very common sense standpoint, act the way Thomas describes how one ought to act. Yeah, when discerning, and that's a beautiful gift of just like that renewal of the mind, right? Yep. They're they're, yeah. they're close to the Lord, and through that, their intellect becomes well. I, I don't know if I could say it more formed to the mind of God. I don't conform. Yeah. I conform to the mind <laughs> of God. I conform. <laughs> Thank you for that technicality. But anyway, but yeah, so it's beautiful gift to be able to see that. And so for those like little old ladies or uh, someone who's discerning, you know, if they're in the college, college and high school, or they're single, discerning some sort of vocation, um, someone who is married and they're discerning some sort of job or some other move, like what piece of advice can you give them or what resources can you maybe kind of steer them to to help them along to understand this idea of Thomas's? Yeah, well, the first thing you do is pray, right, just, just to say, and it doesn't have to be anything complex, just a simple uh, Lord, direct my actions and guide my thoughts to and order me on what is good. Mm. Right? Help me make. Help me just make a confident decision. Yeah. Right. Because don't say help, don't help me, don't say don't help me make the right decision. Because again, right does not precede the good. That's a technical phrase. Shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's uh, right. <laughs> um, but it's to say, help me make a decision. Mm. Yeah. Right? Help me pursue what is good. Mm. Um, so I'd say start that. Start with prayer. Um, but then after that, this is when I ha- you have to invoke uh, human virtue. What's the virtue of prudence say, right? You, you circumspection, caution, counsel. You, you ask around. You investigate. You study. You, you, you maybe, if you have, can do an internship, right, if we're talking about the job, you go there. If you're discerning uh, religious life, go see the convent. If you think about becoming a priest, go visit a seminary, right? And then at a certain point, you've, you've developed, you know, uh, you put together a really good uh, cache of resources, and and you're sitting on on your tree stump, and you're thinking, well, what should I still do? What am I missing? What do I? What's going to push me over the edge? Well, what's going to push you over the edge is for you to step in the darkness. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to eventually right. just do it. Yeah. Um, and notice, notice what's missing here is, uh, I mean, emotion. Right, right. right. <laughs> Notice there's no mention about emotion in here because oftentimes it's like, oh, well, I just I feel like it's the right thing to do. Because yeah. sometimes we just, you know, you avoid what you're afraid of or yeah. that kind of thing. Right. And it's like, no, no, our Lord has given us the capacity to reason for a reason. Exactly. Right? That exactly. our reason governs our emotions, right? Or at least are meant to. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Well, Father Zach, thank you for being here today and for talking about discernment with us. Uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, guys. Merry yeah. Christmas, brother. Glad you, glad you could be here with us. Yes, yeah, so happy, happy octave to you both. Yes. Amen Let's to go. that. <laughs> We're going to take a, a break here, though, and once we come back, we'll have Mo Irvine talking about some prison ministry. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right on back on Real Presence Live.